You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. All right, welcome to the Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. I'm Imogen. And I'm Lauren. And we are rounding up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and talked about at Course Report in September. And it's the beginning of October, first day of October, fall is here. Feels like we're having a very back to school moment. Kind of crisp. Not really, um, but we did read a bunch of very interesting news about boot camps in September. So let's dive in. What are we going to chat about today, y'all? Well, in September, we saw a lot of interesting new data around women in tech and how coding boot camps are increasing accessibility for underrepresented groups. We also read about new apprenticeship initiatives, and we heard from students about their experiences and a couple of founders who have taken their boot camps in new directions. So we'll talk about those. And then we'll also touch on advice we read for finding a job after boot camp. But first up, let's look at the impact of boot camps on the education industry as a whole. So we released our market sizing report in August, which saw the continued growth and evolution of boot camps. But what are the other organizations and publications saying about the bootcamp industry? Yeah, Imogen, I think that characterizing the industry as evolving as you did is smart. And in a similar vein, in Forbes this month, Arnott Agrawal writes about how the skills transformation is transforming modern work. So he says that in our post-industrial economy, quote, there's a new shift happening in our digital and service-focused economy, rapid skills transformation. The job market is changing so rapidly that the skills needed to perform these jobs transform every few years, intensifying pressure on workers to learn continually, and in some cases, transition entirely into new and emerging fields. But of course, Agrawal uh, cites MOOCs and coding boot camps as opportunities for keeping pace with skills transformation in the workplace. And as he points out, in a world where, you know, the most lucrative popular industries like data science are less than 10 years old, we weren't even saying the word data science, you know, 20 years ago, um, refreshing your skills really quickly is almost a prerequisite to working in a modern workplace. And when traditional education programs aren't keeping up, coding boot camps can kind of fill that void. Sydney Johnson of EdSurge interviewed Ruben Harris in a podcast where they talked about his efforts to help non-traditional students work in the tech sector. So Ruben is the CEO of Career Karma, which aims to help prospective students navigate the bootcamp market. And he also hosts his own podcast about breaking into the tech industry called Breaking Into Startups. He shares his thoughts on how well coding boot camps are doing at getting, you know, people from non-traditional backgrounds into the tech sector. And he also talks about how him and his team are trying to shift the demographics of the coding boot camp industry. So that was a cool piece on EdSurge. And then an opinion piece in DevOps.com looks at how automation is changing the nature of education and mentions growth in coding bootcamp graduates and how these days people can learn all they need for a job without a college degree. The article also looks at the price of bootcamp versus four-year degrees. But the writer worries about the rise of people who have only done vocational training and thus don't know the, quote, whys, end quote, behind the complex tasks they are performing. 
Yeah, Imogen, along those same lines, we've already talked a lot this month about how the nature of work is changing. And a college test prep site called Peterson's looks at how to choose between a CS degree and a coding bootcamp. It's been a minute since we covered those kind of two options. So um, worth touching on. Taylor Sinkowitz says that the decision all comes down to age, previous education, experience, and your desired career. And while bootcamp grads and CS degree grads are working in the same field, they're going after different jobs in that field. I thought that was like one of the most interesting kind of distinctions between the two paths. They interview Richard Watson, who's an associate professor of computer science at Texas Tech University, who compared a bootcamp to, quote, an apprentice type trade school for that low end trade side of computer science. I thought he put this really well. He says, some computer scientists aren't actually involved in coding. They may actually be coming up with a design of the code and then pass on that knowledge to those people who came out of a boot camp to actually implement their ideas. It's kind of a nice way to understand like the end goal of those two paths. So student stories about boot camp always shows us the impact that education can have on someone's life. So Imogen, tell us about boot camp students in Singapore. What's happening there? So the E27 website published a guest post from Alpha Camp Coding Boot Camp in Singapore, profiling four successful Singaporean entrepreneurs about why they each went to Alpha Camp. Jacinta Lim, who runs a travel platform called Seek Sophie, wanted to learn to code to build out her idea and understand her own product. Another student created a personal financial tool after boot camp and another built software to automate call center wait times. And they've really found that going to a boot camp was kind of a great way to, to be able to launch their products. And according to Vermont Business Magazine, Burlington Code Academy just graduated its first cohort. It culminated in a student demo day where students featured their capstone projects to an audience of employers, their family, and um, the Vermont tech community. One neat thing I thought about those projects were that their capstone projects were sponsored by local organizations like the UVM Medical Network, Code for BTV, and Green Up Vermont. So it was really cool that they got to work on real projects. A thankful guest post for WRAL TechWire profiled a thankful student who built an algorithm to predict the probability of NFL teams scoring. So Albert Trzinski graduated college with a social science degree, and after finding himself in a career that didn't feel like the right fit, he chose to attend Thinkful's online data science course. He matched his love for football and created an app that takes football-related data sets and uses them to spit out a probability that a team will score. That number will increase or decrease at any given moment based on his algorithm's analysis of historical information of past scoring. That's so cool. And then in their Pathways to Prosperity series, Cleveland.com profiles students from Cleveland Codes and Tech Elevator Coding Boot Camps. One student, Anthony Abdo, made burritos at Chipotle and cleaned carpets before Cleveland Codes. Then at Boot Camp, his team designed a website for the Friendship Animal Protective League of Lorraine County to help volunteers keep track of spending and drug inventories. Then when he graduated, he landed a job as a junior software developer at a digital strategy company called X-Engage. Then Cleveland.com also talks to Tech Elevator grad Michael Weiss, who had a degree in studio art but no career. He attended the boot camp and landed a job with PNC before he graduated. And the overall, the article looks at how these boot camps are working towards closing the skills and prosperity gap in the Cleveland area. 
Very cool to see so many students in the news. And next up, we read a bunch of articles looking at the process of getting hired after a boot camp. So those were some really nice um, kind of individual stories. But Imogen, what was the more macro advice that we heard from Flatiron School in this guest post? Yeah, so a Flatiron guest post in Hypopotamus looks at how students can maximize their boot camp experience and chances of getting a job. The advice includes that knowing the material should be considered the most essential part of bootcamp over networking and self-branding. Then building a strong online presence is important to showcase your skills and building a strong portfolio of projects. And then networking should be done by making human connections rather than in a purely transactional way. And Simone Stoltzoff wrote an article for Quartz in September that looks at the realities of switching careers into tech and gives some tips on making sure it goes smoothly. So there's a lot of media coverage around career changes, but Simone says that while switching careers can be rewarding, it also takes hundreds of very unsexy steps before you can create anything worth sharing. Simone offers a bunch of tips about creating routines, et cetera, all the things you need to do when you're kind of, you know, making that career change. But I liked this advice from Mike Lewis, the founder of When to Jump, which is an organization that supports people through career transitions. He says to budget how much they expect a career switch to cost and then to add 50 percent. Um, he says, quote, people don't budget enough for the inevitable hurdles that come up when they decide to chase their dreams. It's going to take a lot longer than you think to get off the ground and more patience than you can measure. So that's nice advice. Very realistic for career changers. Yeah, that's really nice advice. Now let's go behind the scenes and hear about some boot camp founders and what really happens at various coding boot camps. Lauren, do you want to start us off? Yeah, so Jenny Anderson of Quartz profiled 42, the free teacherless university in France. Xavier Neal, a French billionaire, spent about 48 million euros, which is about $57 million on the Paris campus. And he spent an additional 46 million on the school in Silicon Valley. So Neil founded Free, which is France's second largest internet service provider, among other ventures. And here's a quote from the head of 42, Nicholas Sederek. He says, we don't teach anything. The students create what they need all the time. And since there are no teachers, it is up to the students to figure things out. Everything is graded by peers. Anderson, of course, takes note of the fact that it's a school with project-based learning and peer-based learning on steroids. And we talked about a student that went to Alpha Camp before, but I thought this was interesting. The founder of Alpha Camp, Bernard Chan, wrote for Tech in Asia this month about why he closed down his in-person campus and relaunched as an online boot camp. He touches on a lot of advice for startup founders about pivoting, but for the purposes of this podcast about coding bootcamp specifically, I thought the most interesting part was getting insight into the changes at Alpha Camp. Bernard explains that they started Alpha Camp in 2014 after he went to a coding bootcamp in the US. And then by 2017, Alpha Camp had trained over 4,000 learners with their campuses in Taipei and Singapore. And then in February 2017, he shut down their 4,000 square foot campus in Taipei and relaunched as an online training provider. They closed on the office, laid off half of their staff. So pretty huge decision. But Bernard says that was the right one for Alpha Camp. And we will uh, we'll keep an eye on how Alpha Camp continues to evolve. And then the Evening Standard profiles recoded a five-month coding bootcamp in Iraq, which we've talked about before. The bootcamp has now been around for about two years, and they're working to 
quote, bring the country to a more digital economy and give students the opportunity to take control of their futures, end quote. Program manager Zara Shah explains that the Iraqi economy is not doing well and corruption means money from oil and gas is not being used to rebuild the country. But in teaching coding, she is hoping to give students a brighter future. Since Recoded launched, Shah has seen a lot of growth in the tech industry and says the majority of graduates are finding employment. She emphasizes that she always aims for 40 to 50% women in every class, which I think is awesome. And Siobhan Riley profiled a Memphis-based boot camp called Code Crew for Fox 13. It's a nonprofit group that's trying to encourage more African-Americans and women in technical careers to help Memphis compete with larger cities in the U.S. Um, This is the first boot camp we've seen in Memphis, so we will definitely be following them. Um, This is a pretty short coverage of of Code Crew, but we'll, we'll totally keep you updated. And then WJCP profiled Gainesville Dev Academy, talking to founder Duncan Cabinu. A software developer himself, Cabinu tells WJCB that he noticed a shortage of developers in the Gainesville area, so he decided to launch a three-month boot camp to meet the rising need for tech skills. He says that students come from varied backgrounds, including chefs and stay-at-home parents. Although we're seeing more initiatives make tech more accessible for women, there's still a major problem. So the Daily Texan just reported that just seven out of 58 students are women in the University of Texas Computer Science Honors Program. And that's not the only place where we're seeing such discrepancies. Imogen, what's unfortunately happening in the hiring of women in tech? Yeah, so an article in the Wall Street Journal looks at how the hiring of women in tech has only grown 1% since 2017, with women represented in 24% of technical roles. The survey by AnitaB.org found that Black, Hispanic, Native American, Pacific Islander, and multiracial women accounted for about 13% of those technical roles, with white women accounting for 45% and 40% were Asian. The article looks at what needs to be done to increase workplace diversity and talks to a number of company leaders who are working hard to diversify their teams. Although this article doesn't specifically mention coding boot camps, it shows the work that boot camps are doing to give scholarships to women is totally worthwhile. And here's an even more nuanced point about gender inequity in tech. USA Today's Jessica Gein looked at the equity gap, i.e. stock options, between men and women in tech. For every dollar of equity for men, women hold 47 cents, which is insane. And female founders have it even worse. They own 39 cents for every dollar of equity of a male founder. The article suggests that if companies want to increase the number of women in tech, they should root out bias in hiring, and they mention hiring from boot camps as a way to avoid bias and hire folks from different backgrounds. This is also something I feel like a lot of boot camps help with, because if you've never worked in tech before, you may have no idea like that you could have equity in the company. You may have no idea how to negotiate for equity. But I feel like I always hear that career teams can help with that and like help you negotiate not just your salary, but also benefits, equity, stock options. Um, so very interesting data there. But there is some light at the end of the tunnel for the diversity reports that we're hearing. An article in Technically DC talked about the fact that there is advocacy for women in tech going on. So after suffering a traumatic brain injury that left her feeling unsupported at work, Doris Quintanilla created the Melanin Collective, an organization created to support the professional growth and development of women of color in tech through webinars, workshops, and curated social media talks. 
And then there was a letter to the editor on Syracuse.com from Doug Crescenzi, the founder of Hacks Upstate, a boot camp launching in 2019 to teach women and minorities to code in upstate New York. The letter talks about the combined issues of the poverty in central New York State and the struggle employers are having in the region to hire local developers. Doug says he hopes this boot camp will be, quote, an anti-poverty measure and provide students with the skills to increase their earning potential, end quote. And applications for the 2019 class are open now. And according to the Register in the UK, Makers Academy is offering an apprenticeship program for women. Its name is a little bit cheesy, get it girl, like G-I-T, like GitHub. But the motivation behind it is very serious. Their CEO, Eugenie, says... We need more women training as software designers and programmers if we are to remain competitive in a post-Brexit world. Diversity can't be an afterthought in digital economy, and it is never too late to learn coding and consider a career switch. Emma Sims of Alpha.com rounded up the best free coding courses in London. She highlights Revolut, Founders and Coders, and Codebar, which is right outside of London. So check that piece out if you're looking for courses in London for women. Yeah, it seems like as we collect more data around the tech industry, we continue to better understand the landscape and where there are serious gender and racial disparities. So um, all of these pieces are really interesting, but we can't change the culture without organizations that really work to break those, those disparities down. So let's talk about a few of those that we learned about in September. Imogen, what is going on in Iowa? So... The Gazette reports that Delta V School will receive $10,000 in grants from the state of Iowa. Delta V was named on a list of eight schools and training organizations to receive a grant for quality pre-apprenticeship program training. The grant will fund five scholarships for students from underrepresented demographics, plus go towards the costs of running the school. The Bridge BK profiled CoBridge, a joint venture between Perscolis, General Assembly, and AT&T, which is aimed at giving underserved students a career boost in the technology field. So the program consists of a six-week web development and job skills primer at Perscolis, a nonprofit that provides tech training, followed by a 12-week coding boot camp at the education giant General Assembly that we all know and love. Um, so Marissa Shorenstein, president of AT&T's Northeast region, stated, CodeBridge is the first initiative of its kind to offer support from the ground up to underemployed and unemployed adults looking to break into the tech industry to improve the lives of participants and increase diversity in New York City's tech sector. These young people are the future of the industry and of AT&T, which is always searching for the next generation of diverse trained talent. Yeah, I love CodeBridge. Um, thanks for talking about that one, Lauren. And here's another interesting opportunity. According to Ghana Web, CodeWit wants to teach 100 people to code for free in Ghana. Students will learn HTML, CSS, JavaScript, Python, PHP, MySQL, Ajax, and MongoDB. And then the brightest students will be placed in full or part-time employment after a three-month internship. Former Iron Yard staff member and now executive director of Build Carolina, Layla King, helped launch a state-funded free platform to allow beginners to learn coding skills. So the SC Codes program is South Carolina's first statewide coding initiative, offering free curriculum to every resident in the state with a computer and an internet connection. Layla states, South Carolina is leading the charge when it comes to removing barriers to technical education, which will have a direct impact on our workforce, our innovative employers, and our economy. 
So the state first established the program in 2016 as a pilot project under the SC Commerce's Innovation Challenge Grant. Now it'll be one of South Carolina's largest efforts to fill jobs in a sector that includes more than 6,000 businesses and accounts for more than 5% of the state's economy. So that's great. And as well as scholarships or subsidized programs, we're also seeing the proliferation of apprenticeships specifically aimed at coding bootcamp grads. Liz, tell us about Slack's partnership with Hack Reactor. Yeah, absolutely. So this is probably my favorite story of the month. Last month, Lauren told us about new partnerships in women's prisons to teach women to code, and we continue to hear about innovations in that realm. This is just an extension of that. According to The Atlantic, Slack is launching an apprenticeship program for formerly incarcerated people. This piece is by Alexis Madrigal, and I suggest everyone read it. It is a great read, but here are the highlights. So first, The program is called Next Chapter. They're going to train and place three returning citizens inside of Slack as quality engineering apprentices, and they'll build a process to help them kind of get used to the culture at Slack. The apprenticeship is split into three parts over a year. So they'll spend roughly four months at Hack Reactor, and then they'll do four months of training, and then four months on the job, after which Slack can hire them as an apprentice, or they can help them get a job at another tech company. According to Alexis, Everyone involved with the program seems to believe that if they can make the proof of concept work at Slack, then other companies in technology and far beyond might also begin to hire more men and women who have paid their debts to society. In my opinion, this is so, so, so important because yes, we can invest time and resources into training folks while they're incarcerated. And that is a very necessary step. There are programs like um, Last Mile and Hack Reactor has done things with San Quentin um, prison to, to train people in coding. But if we don't think about how to help that new coder kind of reinvent his or herself when they get out of prison, then we're missing a huge step and kind of like missing that last step, last piece of the puzzle. So CNBC published a video interview of Heather Terenzio, Tectonic Group CEO, where she discusses her coding bootcamp and how coding apprenticeships can help close the skills gap. She talks about how, as an apprenticeship program, Tectonic Group is background agnostic, meaning that they don't care what type of professional background they may have. They start paying you from day one, and the program is really open to help any and everyone. And then eLearning Inside covers the news that UK-based startup White Hat has raised $4 million to expand their apprenticeship-based education. White Hat offers 12-month apprenticeships at businesses in tech, finance, and professional services and partners with coding boot camps like Flatiron School and General Assembly to place students in apprenticeships. Okay, so we're going to talk about some boot camp announcements in a second, but I just wanted to touch on one important story that I read this month. Tony Wan from EdSurge reports that Yangzia Ding, who previously served as chief of staff to the Department of Education's former undersecretary Ted Mitchell... It's kind of a string of titles during the Obama administration has joined Skills Fund, which is a lending partner that I'm sure people know about if they are involved in the boot camp industry. 
Ding says that her career passion lies in accreditation reform, specifically ensuring that post-secondary education programs are aligned with workforce needs and held accountable in providing students with the skills that they need to pursue meaningful careers. And obviously, since Skills Fund believes that a school's eligibility to receive student financial aid should be tied to its ability to deliver on student outcomes, um, I think this seems like a great hire for them. Okay, now let's chat about some new announcements from different boot camps. Imogen, what's going on with Trilogy Education boot camps? Yeah, so three more universities are partnering with Trilogy Education to launch coding boot camps. In a number of different press releases and articles, there were announcements that the University of Oregon, Vanderbilt University, and the University of Wisconsin are all offering Trilogy's 24-week part-time web development program covering full-stack JavaScript programming. And there are now close to 30 tertiary institutes offering Trilogy bootcamp programs. And Taylor Soper from GeekWire announced that Flatiron School is expanding to Seattle. This is going to be their first West Coast location. They're also in New York City, London, Houston, Atlanta, and Washington, D.C. And Flatiron will be competing in Seattle with Coding Dojo, Code Fellows, General Assembly, and Epicodus. So all of our Pacific Northwestians, you have a new bootcamp option. News 12 Connecticut announced that two-year San Francisco-based Holborn School is opening on the East Coast in Connecticut. So courses in Connecticut will launch in January 2019, and for now, they're only accepting 30 to 50 students into the program. Within a few years, they hope to have around 1,000 students. I actually just spoke to Holborn School team about the new campus, so be on the lookout for that campus spotlight on the blog. And then Revod report reports that 18-week coding bootcamp CodeUp has expanded its campus in San Antonio, Texas, and is developing a new data science program. The size of the campus has increased by 6,500 square feet, adding three classrooms and more breakout rooms, taking up two whole floors of a downtown building. The data science program is still in the research stage. And then CIO Dive checked in with WASU one year into operating. I personally had a bunch of questions about WASU because if y'all remember, they basically acquired Coder Camps or joined with Coder Camps. And then Chris Coleman, who was the CEO of Coder Camps, became the president of WASU. And then they went a little radio silent. I think there were some like regulatory issues with announcing or launching. But now one year in, WASU says that adult education is their largest focus right now. Most of their students are in the 25 to 35-year-old range, um, with almost two-thirds already holding a degree and looking for a second career. And their students seem to be getting jobs. For example, a company called Radial Spark hires roughly 30 to 40% of their new technology workers from WASU. So it'll be interesting to watch them evolve. Um, also curious if they will continue with K-12, because that was part of their original launch plan. Israel21c.org profiled Elevation Academy, a digital nomads-type destination bootcamp in Mexico, and its partnership with Selena Hostels, an Israeli-founded co-working and accommodation space geared towards Generation X and digital nomads. So students will enjoy site-specific activities like yoga, surfing. Um, The curriculum covers front-end and back-end development, building custom APIs, and attending soft skills sessions and hackathons. And students will also do coding projects from scratch. The 12-week coding bootcamp begins in January at three of Selena's Mexican locations. So starting in Mexico City, then moving to Puerto Escondido, and then finishing in Playa del Carmen. 
And then WMC5 reports that Code Crew School, a non-profit coding bootcamp in Memphis, Tennessee, is calling for nominations for students to enroll for the January 2019 class. This will be the bootcamp's second cohort since they launched in July. The bootcamp offers an income sharing agreement and covers full stack web development in Python, Django and JavaScript. And for our UK-based listeners, according to Business Up North, North Coders is launching an intro to programming course. North Coders has a developer pathway course, which is their full-time career-changing bootcamp. But they heard from those grads that the first step was the hardest, so they decided to develop kind of a more introductory class, and that starts in October. And then, Lauren, can you tell us what new bootcamps have been added to course report in September? I'd be happy to. So we have CodeStack Academy in San Joaquin, California, Rice University Data Analytics Bootcamp in Houston, Texas, B-Code in Brussels, Belgium, University of Oregon Coding Bootcamp in Portland, Oregon, Vanderbilt University Bootcamp in Nashville, Tennessee, KMMX IT Training Center in Mexico City, Mexico, and then University of Wisconsin Extension Coding Bootcamp in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Well, welcome to all of those new coding boot camps. Welcome to Course Report. All right. So just to wrap up, let's talk about our favorite pieces that we published on the Course Report blog this September. Imogen, do you want to tell us about your favorite piece? Yeah. So I've really enjoyed speaking to three military veterans who recently graduated from Tech Elevator in Cleveland. They each had been in different parts of the military, and they were all different ages and had had very different careers following the military. So it was fascinating for them to kind of compare their different experiences. And they told me about how their military training had translated to actually doing a coding bootcamp and how those skills actually translated to programming itself. So yeah, all the best to those three for their futures in tech. I love that piece. And I feel like everything that I learned about transitioning from the military into kind of civilian life and the GI Bill, I've like learned from just hearing from actual boot camp graduates. So yeah, really nice stories. Lauren, what was your favorite piece to work on? I enjoyed finding out about how Code Fellows helps their students land jobs. So I spoke with their director of partner relations and the head of instruction to learn more about the Code Fellows Career Accelerator Program, their hiring partner relationships, and how they help grads land jobs at Microsoft, Amazon, and companies like Expedia. So definitely check that out. It was a cool conversation. And then Liz, what was your favorite piece? Yeah, my favorite piece to work on this month was actually another podcast. Jeff Casimir from Turing joined me to talk about what it actually feels like and looks like to learn at a boot camp. So we break down the differences between traditional education and a boot camp and how folks who didn't do well in high school or college might really benefit from a boot camp learning style. I learned a lot from that. Jeff has a lot of amazing things to say. So, and we also posted it as a podcast, but then we transcribed it so you can listen to it or you can read. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we love feedback. So email us at hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future boot campers find it by going to iTunes, subscribing to the Course Report podcast, and leaving a review. And we will see you at the end of October. Bye. Bye.